Welcome to Crime and Reason on Talk Zone, bringing you the backstory in high-profile crimes that television leaves out. Now, here are the hosts of Crime and Reason, John Kelly and Leo Badenhausen. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Crime and Reason. I'm Leo Battenhausen. And I'm John Kelly. Good evening. Good evening. We're glad to be back. Um, hope you all had a good week. We have a hell of a show for you tonight, boy, a case you won't ever hear about on television. Um, so you want to stand by for this one. Our uh, topic today is stalking. And this case really involves a Ming Seng Shu. So, so we're going to talk about him a little later, but, uh, you know, as always, we like to start off with some current criminal news. And um, it's been a heck of a week, John. I'll tell you what, with some of the stuff going on. Oh, yeah, pretty crazy all over. Well, you know, stuff, the first one that gets my goat Monday, this past Monday, the California Supreme, Supreme Court, yeah, they uh, ruled that sex offenders uh, are allowed to now live more or less than 2,000 feet from parks and schools. You know, I, I, this, I guess they're smoking too much marijuana in California these days because this is absolutely sickening to hear this. Um, the complete violation of, you know, Mark Lumsford, and I know him personally. He he worked very hard when he lost his little girl, Jessica. Yeah, Jessica's law, yeah. Yep. He, he fought so hard, and California did instill it. But now this goes completely against it. And, um, you know, the, what they're claiming is that these guys have nowhere to live. They're becoming homeless. This isn't fair. It's against their constitutional rights. Are they kidding? Are they really kidding? I mean, what's going on with this? What, what were the rights of these these little girls or boys that these these creeps have offended and violated? And now they're going to give them their rights. They care about their rights. Okay. Yeah, and the and with sex offenders, you know, uh, when you're talking a relapse, you know, you're not talking about somebody having a drink or doing a drug or relapsing to gambling, you're talking about somebody sexually abusing and destroying another human being's life. Well, either permanently killing them or just right, destroying their, their, their emotional state for the rest of their life. This is just really ap- reprehensible. And I hope this gets turned over, but you know, this has to be fought because well, if it's happening there now, what is it going to move? You know, are we going to forget about these kids? First of all, they don't, they don't lock these creeps up long enough. You know, if they don't, if they don't kill the, the person, they get like a year or two in jail. And they get a special jail. I know here in Jersey, there's a special prison for these for these creeps. Yes, yeah, sex offenders prison. Yeah, <laughs> well, you, know, they, yeah you know why? You know they should be in a regular in a regular lockup where they'd get their due. Uh, you know, get their <laughs> get what they deserve. Some jailhouse justice, in my opinion. But this is just crazy. So. um that was uh, in the news this week. That was. And I, 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 I have more information on that if you want to listen to it. What do you I got? Mean, I mean, I got to tell you, um, you know, when you look at a certain amount of serial killers who are power controlled serial killers or less serial killers, what a lot of people do not know is that they start off as sex offenders. Okay, and mm-hmm. and. They're focused on the lust or the sex. And what happens usually, Leo, they turn around and they victimize somebody, but they don't kill them. So what happens is that victim goes to court, 
testifies against them, points them out, the person gets then convicted, and they're sent off to prison, as you say, for a very short while, okay? Mm-hmm. Then they get out. Then they get out. Now, what's the lesson they've learned there? The lesson they've learned is no witness, no prosecution, no conviction. Yeah. So what happens uh, is these sex offenders move on to continually offend and hurt kids and women. Most of the time it's kids and women, 99% of the time. But what happens is now they participate in what's called victim disposal. Disposal of the victim. In other words, they want to make sure that they don't have anybody testifying against them, showing up in court and being a witness against them and them getting convicted and going off to prison. So by killing them, and that's what happened to Mark Lumsford's little girl, Jessica, by killing them Mm -hmm. and trying to hide their body, there's no witness. So it becomes witness disposal, but then the focus goes on, whoa, we got a serial killer in the area who's killing these kids. But actually... He wasn't a serial killer to begin with. He was a sex offender to begin with and a sex offender who got involved with victim disposal, which made him a serial killer. You're speaking of John Cooey, right, who killed Jeff? Yeah. 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 Well, that piece of trash, you know, he wound up, actually, he buried her alive. That's just... Don't even get me started on Mark is a, I've been in touch with him and he's going to be a guest on our show in the near future and I'm really looking forward to talking to him. What a very strong man and a very determined man and our hearts go out to him. How do you lose a beautiful little girl like that to some monster, monster living next door? And they're all over. They're all, in fact, that you have, uh, 20% of registered uh, I'm sorry, 20% of general, the general population of sex offenders in the United States that are out of prison, 20% are not registered. Nobody knows where they're at. So there's breakdowns all over this system here. Um, or if they're not registered because they haven't gotten caught, is that what you mean? Well, no, these are actually sex offenders that have been caught. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and they're supposed to turn around and register wherever they go to live, and they're unregistered. Mm -hmm. They've got 20%. They have no idea where they're at. They're not registered. So let's say you have 500,000, which I think is the number. 20% of that's 100,000. So you have 100,000 sex offenders roaming the United States that authorities don't know where they're located. You know, and you wonder why families don't want to let their kids out of the house anymore. That's crazy. Well, let's hope something gets done with that and uh, it doesn't spread. I'm sure there's going to be appeals on that California Supreme Court decision. Um, But over in California, speaking of children's deaths, the sheriff officer in um, uh, Yolo County, California, uh, has said that, I don't know if you heard the story of baby Justice Rees, this is uh, Samantha uh, Samantha Green has been uh, charged. I guess she's been uh, arrested anyway as the sole individual resp- the sole individual responsible for the death of baby Justice Rees, according to the sheriff of Yolo County, California. 
Um, this 23-year-old girl, she uh, has a had a 20 20-day-old 20 son, Justice, who was found frozen to death in the woods or in a lake, and uh, they had been missing for a, a few days. And her fiance was was calling her and putting things on YouTube. Please come home. Please come home. Uh, she winds up calling 911 in a frantic frenzy saying that she and the baby had been abducted and uh, the baby was dead. And she knew that for a fact. When the, when the police arrived, she had no shoes on. She seemed disorientated. And um, this is what she's saying, that somebody did this. I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it, John. I think the, where there's smoke, there's fire here. And this 23-year-old girl, there's a plenty. If you look at her stuff online, there's plenty of selfies here. She's having a good time. I smell essence of uh, Casey Anthony here. Yeah, I uh, I can see that. Uh, you know, the, her first defense, uh, and and we might want to add, she is innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, she's been arrested, but she's innocent until proven guilty. But I smell Casey Anthony here, and I'll tell you what I also smell here. Uh, I mean, her primary defense is going to be postpartum depression, and maybe it is postpartum depression. Who am I at this point to say it's not? Or, you know, something that led her, uh, some psychotic break or something that led her to be involved with this murder. But, you know, along with Kaylee Anthony, or Casey Anthony, I'm sorry, the baby was Kaylee. Is that correct? That is correct. I remember yeah. she was found innocent too. Oh, hello. Yeah. Um, but yeah. 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 We, yeah. We, know, we all know the story. And Susan Smith. Susan Smith. Notorious Susan Smith, South Carolina. Well, I'll tell she, you what. She is not. That was not postpartum depression. Depression. That woman was a controlling monster. <laughs> she's she's as guilty as the day is long. Excuse yeah, me. Susan. Susan Smith. In 1994 in South Carolina, she told authorities something similar, that a black man stole her car with her two kids in it. Correct, correct. So, but, you know, it just seems, this seems very, very fishy, and um, just looking at the, her pictures and, and things on Facebook, and you know, she seems like a very young girl. You know, maybe this baby is going to interfere with her uh, her having a good time. You know, her freedom. I don't know if she's under the influence of any substances at the time. We will, we will see what the investigation uh, pans out. But right now she's sitting there locked up. And according to the sheriff, she's it. But yeah, she's that's, it. Yeah. That's his opinion. But, yeah. uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of this, uh, these women with another uh, woman was in a bar in Florida. I don't, I don't have the case in front of me, but uh, over the past couple of days, sitting in a bar in Florida while her uh, kids were at home unsupervised, died in a burning house. Oh. Yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Very sad. There's people in the world that really want to have kids and they cannot. Exactly. <laughs> And then here's another article that I found, and we see more and more of this phenomenon. We're finding these high school or or elementary school female teachers, very pretty teacher. Uh, this, this girl's name is Nicole Default. She's been indicted on charges. She had had sex with six boys here in New Jersey. What's okay. going on here? What's Where, going this on is, here? Uh, you tell me. I see. We see this every single day. Now, these are 14 and 15-year-old boys she uh, re- allegedly had uh, sexual relationships with between 2013 and 2014. Um, and, and some say that they, they were having sex you know, on the school property or, and or in her car. 
So, you know, here we go. Another, this very, this woman's very beautiful. Why, why isn't she picking with 15, 14 and 15 year old boys? This, look, this is a whole new diagnosis in my mind. I don't know what you even call this. I call this pathological narcissism well, that you yeah. have written about, okay? With somebody who is extremely interested in having power and control over another human being. Kids, John. Why don't yeah. you not go? You know, try go with an adult. I, this is the this, this these these cases fascinate me, and I really want to do uh, an episode of Crime and Reason on just this topic because there's been a long line of these women with these students. You know, from here to the eternity nowadays, and I don't know if this has been going on, and we're just hearing more about it. Or, but then on the other hand, you know, a fourteen or fifteen year old boy. You know, I remember being fourteen or fifteen year old boy, <laughs> and uh, is this really the? <laughs> you know, I, I'm playing the devil's advocate here. Are they really uh, being raped? I mean, the, certainly the, the the teachers should know better. This is, and that's uh, especially being in a position of authority, and um, if that's happening. But uh, these kids really, you know, you know, they're sure they're not resisting. Leo, there's nothing to talk about because of that kid's age, that young boy's age, and because of the difference in her age, it is legally, automatically rape. Yeah, I agree. That's absolutely right. No matter who you are, if you're a teacher or a police officer or a therapist, a kid is a kid is a kid. Exactly. But, um, it's just he might have his hormones running. Yeah, sure, his testosterone's running. But bottom line is, she's the adult. He's Correct. the adolescent. He's the child. I just think as a society, though, we look at we look at these differently when it's a male teacher with female students, don't you? We we take it a whole different way. It, it's uh, it's it's more reprehensible or something when we hear it on the male side of the being the perpetrator. I don't know why that is, but more and more of these women are being exposed. So if she's uh, another guilty party, we shall see. But um, I, I do think this renders a, a lot of attention because our kids are just not safe. Look, at we got, you know, kids, babies being killed by their moms, maybe. And, uh, you know, we have these kids being raped in schools. We're, you know, <laughs> the Megan's law is being rep- uh, Jessica's law is being ignored. We've got a lot to talk about when it comes to the safety of our children in this country. And nobody seems to really be pushing it hard enough. No question about it. And when you look at this woman. I mean, just think of her bait. She's using her body as bait, okay, to entrap and to have power and control and sexual dominance over a younger boy who she is well aware of how his testosterone is running and flowing. And I also want to say that we do not have, correct me if I'm wrong, Leo, here, but we don't have a conviction here yet, right? We have no. this woman is definitely innocent until proven guilty. What we're talking about are these teachers who have admitted to being sex offenders or have been found guilty of sexually offending a minor. But but you just think about the power an adult has over a minor, especially if it's a woman with a younger boy knowing that that testosterone is flowing. And, yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. They're easy targets, right? Yeah. You know, 
It's just, it's just really, uh, it, it seems to be getting out of control. Mm-hmm. It's the ones we least expect, too. Least expect. But, um, back to our main topic today, and, uh, we're talking about stalking, mm-hmm. uh, which is really another type of crime going on. Uh, it's actually the crime that keeps on giving, unfortunately, mm-hmm. in most cases, and, um, we don't hear a lot about this as well. There's a lot of, uh, less attention being put on it, let me put it that way, by law enforcement, and there needs to be a lot of work done to bring this up to light. You know, 6.6 million people are stalked in the United States every year, John. Wow, no, I didn't know that. That's quite a figure. 6.6 million wow. are stalked. Now, I know not all of these um, stalkees are, are killed, but a good portion of them can be, and you know what what I've been reading about is that if anybody's being stalked, we should always always take seriously any threats they they have you know made against us um, but uh six point six million yeah that's astound- astonishing and uh it's, this that breaks down into one in six women has been stalked, okay that we probably wow. know one in six wow. and, one, and one in nineteen men have been wow. stalked in their lifetime. That's quite, those, those are quite, uh, uh, interesting and overwhelming, uh, figures and percentages. I gotta tell you, cause, you know, I mean, uh, you know, one in six women, one in 19 men, did you say? That's right. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just predominantly uh, males that do the stalking, but there are women out there who do stalk as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, you really have to take that into consideration. There's uh, some very sick people here. The, the pathology behind stalking is, is very scary stuff. Very scary stuff. And, um, do you want to define the crime, Leo? You know, do, do, do you want to uh, bring the audience up to speed on what the crime is exactly? Well, uh, sure. And stalk, it's a, I guess you could say stalking, it's a, it's a repetitive pattern of like harassing or unwanted or threatening behavior, uh, committed by a person against another person. You know, um, the ways people can stalk are, you know, telephone harassment, uh, emails today with technology being followed, sending them gifts like flowers and cards, candy, uh, and another, another forms of, 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 of intrusive behavior. I guess that's the best way you can put it. Unwanted intrusive behavior. That's it. Right on. Typically what stalking is in general. And, um, stalkers stalk at least one time per week on an average. Some do it more than 20 times a day. But wow, that's uh, incredible. Cause even one time a week, that's 52 times a year. You've got somebody looking into you. Exactly. You know, you know, bothering you and uh, intruding on your life. Right. It's, it's an unwanted intrusion of of gifts and messages and attention. And it's an infatuation or obsession these stalkers have with their stalkee uh, for a variety of reasons, I suppose. And um, that's the crime in a nutshell. But it's very hard to pr- – you know, this is one of those crimes too, John. And until something happens, nothing gets done about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If somebody's to yeah. get through, and that's yeah. really where, uh, where we need to, to work on making some change in that area too. A lot of victims of this stuff, and they, you know, if, if nothing ever happens, that doesn't mean the victim is not being tormented mentally on a daily 
hourly basis, this stuff makes you crazy. You looking everywhere around you, behind you, in front of you. You know, you, you're afraid to answer the phone. You change your phone number a million times, but then in a lot of cases, that doesn't work. These creeps find you. So. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. I mean, you know, we're looking at uh, how common it is, and Leo. Who stalks whom? I mean, is there is there any kind of profile out there on a particular type of uh, stalking? Well, like a stalker. Uh, not enough, but uh, overall, from my research, uh, men commit. Like I said before, men commit stalking more more so than women. Most stalking is done by men. Uh, about four out of five stalking victims are women. Okay, which we know. You know, high-profile celebrity stalking, and that that, co- that causes uh, or, or cases like that generate a lot of media attention. You know, and they're relatively rare, but those are the ones that get all the attention. Uh, people are fascinated by this, and then you know, like most other uh, high-profile cases, most stalking occurs, you know, between people uh, who know each other. So it could be somebody you dated, were married to, worked with, uh, met for a moment in a coffee shop. All right, so they can come from any any way of connection, or they may never have met you at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, less than a fourth of the women, statistically, and about a third of the men are stalked by strangers. So we, that's at the lower end. But women are most likely to be stalked by a current or former intimate partner during the relationship and um, and after it ends. So stalking can certainly occur while they're together too, and uh, it. It can happen at either point in that in the relationship, and these guys are crafty. These are guys that very narcissistic because these are guys you would never, ever, ever expect to be stalkers or creepy guys until the red flags start coming up. Mm-hmm. You know the controlling behaviors and the checking behaviors and you know following you behaviors that sort of thing. What I what I was looking at and I was pretty intrigued with was the. Uh, violence, you know, uh, you know, how stalking is related to, uh, violence or violence is related to, uh, a lot of, uh, stalking and certain types of stalks. What I mean by that is you have the love obsession stalker and you, you know who I'm talking about here who develops a fixation, uh, on a particular Person usually as somebody of some kind of popular status, maybe a celebrity. Uh, you know, I'm talking about Jodie yeah. Foster. I'm talking about Madonna, David Letterman. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. this is this is the obsession, the love obsession type stalker that that really has some mental disorders going on usually, and and definitely has some paranoia and these delusional. Fantasies are going on where they really see themselves as being in love with this person, and this person yes. is looking, oh, yeah. looking through the TV at them, and the, the yes, person sir. loves them through the TV, you know, and uh, then they re, they can't deal with uh, their reality. So what happens then is they move on and retreat to their fantasies. You know, they they mm-hmm. they invent they invent. Uh, these uh, fictional stories 
you know, about these people and the relationships right. they have. I mean, you know, it, it be, they become so obsessed and so delusional, you know, and then they, they believe their fantasies. Not only are they having fantasies now, but then they believe their fantasies. And the next thing uh, they have to do is they have to move on their fantasies and uh, try to get these victims uh, David Letterman, Jody Foster, mm-hmm. you know, Madonna to love them. Yeah, well, they, they, they do. It, they're fixated on the, these, this stuff and, uh, they, they, this is all they think about. It truly is. And they'll, they'll live their lifestyles and, uh, around getting closer to these people and then trying to, uh, you know, <laughs> make them their own, so to speak. Um, and, um, that's those yeah. are the high profile ones, but those are also the ones we see, you know, day to day in 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 our communities. People yeah, are. and the and 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 the ones we in the communities that aren't celebrities, they go under, you know, simple obsession stalkers. But just getting back to the love obsessed stalker for a second, as you mentioned earlier, they use you know threats, intimidations. Uh, anything they can do to try and make this person love them. And then in the end, the final act is violence and sometimes murder, because if I can't have you, nobody else is going to have you. That's correct. And, yes. and we'll, we'll go into eternity together. So let me kill you and maybe I'll kill myself. You know, some of these are murder, suicide, some aren't, you know, but the, the simple, uh, obsessing stalkers, Leo, they're the ones that, are really in the majority. They're, uh, they're like, um, they cover 70 to 80% of all stalkers. And these are usually people that have some kind of relationship with the person. Yeah. Uh, virtually all domestic cases of violence or murder or whatever, uh, has stalking, fall into the stalking category. And a reason for that is because a lot of these guys, you know, and mostly men, uh, are, are known for this fatal attraction stalking. Okay. Yeah, uh, another name for simple, uh, obsession song is fatal attraction stalking. Remember, uh, Michael Douglas and Glenn Close? Sure. Attraction. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was the name of the movie. It was a great movie mm-hmm. and it made a lot of sense. It, it, it's, and it was before its time. From the numbers you gave, Leo, this movie, Fatal Attraction, was before its time because we have more stocking now than we've ever had. Yeah, and that's you know? very interesting. Well, because it's become more more easy to do, John. It's the technology that that you know enhances our the, the stalker's ability to to trace and track and spy. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is what's going on. And, and um, see, in your book, in your book, Social Site, you get into this whole technology piece. You know, and it's a very, very interesting read, and it's a very, very uh, informative read. You know, it's a great well, book there because you start to get a you, you can see how this online stalking, you know, can take place because there's more technology. The more technology you have, you know, visual and auditory. I mean, yeah. the more ways to stalk somebody. You know, the other thing I wanted to bring out most. Uh, of these, uh, these stalkers, I'm talking about the simple obsession stalker, uh, who do most of the damage, 
These are usually your domestic uh, murder-suicide situations that you see all week on TV. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most don't have psychological disorders. However, Leo, what do you hear this? All pretty much, based on the research, have personality disorders. What do you think about that? What do you think the personality disorder is? Well, I absolutely agree with that. I don't know about any kind of psychosis, but personality disorders, uh, there's a dependent personality disorder with these people. There's narcissism with these people. There is sometimes borderline personality disorder with these people. Um, definitely. And those are the disorders that really don't have much hope for treatment, John, unfortunately. Yeah, or all the above. Yeah, or all the above. above. That is correct. You know, these are really, really demented, demented people that, uh, it's not psychosis and, uh, well, on that, on that note, we got a lot more to talk about with, uh, the Bing Sang Shu case. So, uh, we're gonna take a short break. We'll be right back. Stick around, please. Be Now Fitness is Indy's newest fitness spot located on the corner of 96 and College. Exercise your right to no long-term contracts, unlimited fitness classes, and nutritional coaching. Be Now Fitness. Be fit. Be active. Be now. Bringing you the truth behind crimes today. You're listening to Crime and Reason on TalkZone.com. Back to John Kelly and Leo Battenhausen. All right, we're back. Thanks for being here. This is Leo Battenhausen. I'm here with John Kelly, and this is Crime and Reason. Tonight's show, we've been discussing stalking in America today and its prevalence and who they are and why they are. And uh, we've got a really, really uh, famous sick case of a, of a man called Ming Sen Xu. Leo, before we get into that, I just want to go back. Okay. Yeah. To these, uh, these, the majority of these stalkers. The personality was, disorders we were just yes, discussing. Yes, yes, yes. And, and the research also suggests, and this goes again to social side your book. It says these guys are usually socially maladjusted or inept. When it comes to a relationship, they are emotionally immature. They have feelings of powerlessness. That's why they have this need to have power and control over their significant other. And they're unable to have a relationship by socially acceptable means. Now, you know, that I'll rest my case there. Well, look, you know, let me tell you a couple other things too. For, this is for listeners who, you know, want to be aware of what to look for in people, the potential stalkers. Um, they, they, they won't take no for an answer. Okay. They have an obsessive personality. Most of them have above average intelligence. They have no or few personal relationships and that includes family. There's a lack of embarrassment or discomfort for any of their actions. And like you said, they have low self-esteem, sociopathic thinking, and they can have a very, very evil mean streak. So those are some of the warning signs, you know, folks might want to keep an eye out if you're involved with anybody that shows any of those things. They could be a potential stalker in in, uh, in your life. Yeah, they get their self-esteem 
from their mate. So, in other words, if they lose their mate who they've objectified, it's just an, a possession, as you mentioned before, or not, yeah. that What's they're getting like? they're getting their self-esteem from. If they lose that possession or that object, then they feel they have no self-worth. Now, if they feel they have no self-worth at this point in time, what's the use of going on? So that's why it is so important for them to continue to keep that relationship and to continue possessing that significant others. Most of these guys, as you know, dominate their mates. And, you know, as you said, they're very much in control and control their mm-hmm. partners. Right. And these are the guys... These are the guys, depending on the pathology, that are responsible for murdering their mates. Go ahead, Leo. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of murdering, um, we have this case in uh, Ming Seng Shu, John. You know who he is? Whoa. I'll tell you. I tell you. you know, I didn't know about him until you were doing the research and brought him up. And I, I just can't understand why this type of guy has not been brought up before. I've never seen him on a TV show. Not saying he hasn't been on one, but I haven't seen a TV show on him. Nobody seems to have done much work on this. Maybe it's because it's an older case. But this guy has it all. He is definitely the, uh, you know, the the picture-perfect stalker. Do you want to talk about him? Well, let me give you a little background on this guy. He was uh, Bing Seng Shu. He was born in uh, October 1950 in Taiwan, okay? Uh, when he was eight years old, they moved, him and his family moved to Minnesota. Uh, well, he moved here with his mother and his two siblings. His father died three years later, so he was uh, 11 when his dad died. But his dad was a professor at the University of Michigan. Um, he's, he's been described as violent towards his younger siblings. He used to beat them often and frequently and viciously during his adolescent years and adulthood. Um, when he was a teen, he was reportedly engaged in a lot of criminal activity, uh, such as starting fires in apartments and um, throwing rocks at vehicles. Probably a lot more than that. I'm yeah, yeah. Let me, let me just inject something there as well. First of all, most serial killers, if not all serial killers that I've researched, do not have a connection with their father. So right off the bat, this kid's father, this guy's father died when he was three years old, right? Correct. The second thing you brought up was the beating of the siblings. Okay, I'm, I'm looking at this guy as a major stalker, Leo, but also as a budding serial killer and and the audience will will learn more as as we go along and we go over this case okay. then we have the arson okay we have all these juvenile offenses and you know uh when you really when you really start to see you know beating of siblings uh juvenile delinquency uh, throwing rocks at cars, which is very, very dangerous because yeah. you can smash a window and cause a car accident. And kill in a somebody. Minute. And can kill somebody. So right away, I'm starting to see risk factors for a budding serial killer. Go ahead, Leo. All right. Well, then you're right. All of that. And so he was, um, he was forced to be, uh, for the fire startings and the arsons, he was ordered to participate in psychotherapy, all right, at the age of 14. Now, hello. First of all, psychotherapy doesn't help with this type of personality. 
We all know that. <laughs> Why they try to force it, and especially down a 14-year-old's throat. Yeah. You know, it's hard to engage an adolescent as it is, but not one like this. So everybody seems to think that's the cure-all. But anyway, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll see how good that did as we go along in the story here. Um, and he was uncontrollable as a child. He took no responsibility for anything he did, any of his physical behavior. You know, and his mother said he had no feelings, Leo. She yeah. said he had no feelings. He he had no feelings like a dog. This is his mother. Well, I agree he had no feelings, but I, I disagree with the dog. Dogs have a lot of feelings, John. You know that. I, I guess, totally agree with you. I mean, I wouldn't compare this thing to a dog, but, yeah, so we get an idea of who he was. So, anyway, he, this kid was attending uh, Alexander Ramsey High School in in Minnesota, you know, where he came to have a crush on his ninth-grade algebra teacher. Her name was oh, Mary God. Yeah, ninth-grade algebra teacher, oh. Ms. Mary Stouffer, okay? Uh, he, you know, he, when he got convicted later on for stuff, he, he admitted that he had an infatuation. He was sexually fantasizing about this teacher as a kid. He was writing stories about him, raping her and having mutual sex and, uh, gang raping her, you know, and, uh, late, later on he realized that he, uh, he didn't uh, find complete satisfaction with these fantasies, so he was going to kidnap this woman and make them all come true. Now, what so, happens there is, just to show you this and to show the audience this, what you're seeing is tolerance, right, Leo? The correct. fantasies didn't do it for him anymore. Right. It grows okay. and grows and grows. You right. It, it didn't do it for him. It, it's growing, like you said. So it's like somebody that's drinking a couple beers. Guess what? They need more beer now. They're not getting intoxicated. It's not doing it for them. It's right. like somebody that's doing a couple bags of heroin. Guess what? They need more heroin because they've, they've built up a tolerance to That's the alcohol it. and to the heroin. So the point I'm trying to make is he's building up a tolerance here, which we know does uh, come with serial offenders. And also, when you look at this guy as, as you know, picture-perfect stalker, you're also looking at this, this uh, writing and documenting and writing up these stories and everything. And a lot of these guys do this. They keep notes. They yeah, well, they take notes. Go ahead. Huh? So this moving forward, uh, he, he'd been stalking her for years and years and years, okay? He lost contact with her. He found a house that he erroneously, he erroneously thought it was hers in, in Duluth, Minnesota. And he broke into the house. You know, with a gun, intending to kidnap the woman, Mary Stouffer. But she didn't live there anymore. This is where her, in, her in-laws are there now. Who Unbelievable. Um, yep. So he, he breaks in the house and she's not there. She's not there. And, you know, what does he do? He forces them to the ground, ties them up, uh, threatened to kill them if they called the police or reported this crime. What do they do, John? Yeah, nothing. they don't report it. They do no. nothing. They do what he says. So this could have been maybe avoided a little further down the line had they done something. But Years uh, I'm before. sure he scared them to Years death. Before. So Years it was never never reported. They were scared to death. There's no question about it. But what they did is they reinforced his power. What they did is they did not create a consequence for his negative, horrendous behavior, and by not creating a confidence and going along, not creating a consequence, I'm sorry, 
And going along with his demands, they just reinforced his power, kept their mouth shut, and and put their daughter-in-law in uh, in peril. Of course. And what I don't know is if uh, Mary was aware that he was stalking her all these years. But he, this was his obsession for for years and years and years. Now, after that incident, five years later, he finds out that um, uh, Mary was living in the, with her family in the Philippines. You know, where, where she and her husband worked at a Christian minis- missionary place. Uh, then they returned to Minnesota in '79. A year later, he learned that well, he learned that she lived at the what was called then the Bethel University campus, and he began to stalk her there. Okay, and he stalked from '79 till '80, where he eventually tracked her down to a beauty salon. She was getting her hair done, and she had her eight-year-old daughter with her. He goes in there, apprehends them at gunpoint, her and the daughter, ties them up, throws them into his trunk, and has decided to take them home and, and do whatever he was going to do with them. So the stalker, Unbelievable. Yeah, he found her years later. Yeah, right? 15 but, years altogether, this guy was focusing on this lady. This, yeah. is, this, is, this is unbelievable, Leo. You got it. You really right? found a, a real pearl of a story here. This guy. And so what's going on? I mean, they're making so much noise in the back of the trunk, okay, kicking. They were, they were kicking for their lives. I, I'm sure, and some little boy happened to hear this, and I don't know if he was at a stoplight or some, for some reason stopped the car, but uh, the, 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 he, the shoe, shoe became concerned about his uh, awareness, this little boy, so he throws him in the back of the trunk, drives down the road to a desolate area, takes him out, beats him to death with a metal rod, and then continues to take the two apprehended, uh, the, the girl and, her, and the woman, to his house. Where he, he ties her up and puts her in a closet, the mom, Mary, and, uh, he ties up the little girl as well. Now, when he goes to work, he takes the little girl and puts her in a little box in the back of his van, and he leaves, uh, Mary home tied up in the closet while he's at work. This guy's a budding lust serial killer. He's into sex, torture, and dominance. The only reason this guy hasn't killed more people is because they got him here finally. Well, he didn't the, have a chance to move on. Right. And who knows? Well, see, that's another thing. There's a lot of missing time here. We don't know if he did anything in between. My guess yeah, is he was point, so... Well, I don't know, but he, I think he was so fixated yeah. on Mary Stouffer that this is made, he made it his life's work. But anyway, so months go by. He's tying her up. He's he's sexually assaulting her on a regular basis. Um, I don't think he did anything to the girl. I don't have any information on that. But besides, keep her captive, and I'm right. sure she witnessed a lot of this. But uh, she was in the closet, and he was tired of furniture, and he talked to her for hours on end all through the night. Um, you know, making her listen to him and repeatedly raping her, filming the conversations and the rapes on video cameras. And you know what he told her, you know, why he was doing this to her? Now here, here's a, here, <laughs> this, yeah, this guy's nuts. This guy's beyond, this is just satanic evil. <laughs> you call him nuts, I call him a devil. He said he, this was her fault because she gave him a B in algebra class 
what, 100 years ago. Yeah, like, like, like 16, 15 years ago, whatever uh, it was, and it cost him to go off to Vietnam or something. Didn't it? Go ahead. You talk. Correct. Right. No, that's right. He said it prevented him from going to college. And as a result, he had to, he had to go fight in Vietnam where he became a POW. That's a bunch of crap. But this is this guy's story to this woman. Can you imagine her, what she's going through listening to this monster? You yeah, and he's it? trying to justify his rage to her in front of her. See, you did this to me. So because you did this to me, I'm going to do all this bad stuff to you. I'm going to torture you, and I'm going to eventually kill you. But yeah. the reason I'm doing this is because of what you did to me. It's not my fault. I'm not That's doing anything it. wrong. It's your fault. You're the one that caused this whole thing. You're the you're the reason your daughter's outside tied up in a box. That's right. Exactly right. And uh, you know, all this time he had her captive and was putting her through this sexual and emotional torture. He uh he kept her from seeing the daughter. I forgot about that piece. They were separated for most of the time. So this poor little girl doesn't know where her mom is and she's all tied up and this mother's worrying about her child wondering if she's alive or dead i guess and he he told them both that if you try to escape i'm going to kill your husband and son okay so that was the threat he held over both the, the little girl and um and mary's head while he had them captive now mary's no idiot she somehow when he was at work he somehow, uh, she somehow jimmied out, opened the closet door by getting one of the hinges off. Yeah, yeah. And she got her ass out of there. All right. And she called the police. She hid in a car and she escaped. And that, she was in, under that, um, under that captivity for two months. Two Unbelievable. Months. I, I, my God, this lady was a missionary at one point in the Philippines. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's tragic. What happened to her and to this family? But it, it even gets worse, you know, ladies and gentlemen. If you can uh, believe it, go ahead, Leo. <laughs> it gets worse. And it gets crazier. So you think the, the guy gets apprehended? He gets locked up. You think, okay, finally justice. And Mary will get better. Her daughter will get better. This guy will be locked up for the rest of his life. Well, he's in jail, and he offers another inmate fifty thousand dollars. Okay. This this inmate's name was Richard Green. He offered Richard Green fifty grand, to, <laughs> fifty grand to kill Mary Stouffer and her daughter to keep them from testifying against him in court. Well, is he going to write out a check or what? I guess, John. I don't know where his money came from. And this he guy was, doesn't have fifty cents, fifty thousand. Well, and he wanted uh, Green to help him escape from jail. So here's this. Talk about narcissist again. We talked about a case like this yeah, last week. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Okay, so Green went running, of course, to the FBI and said, listen, man, this. I think that even the prisoners knew this guy was well, well uh, off his rocker. Um, so he got reported. They found that out. And um, then there was the trial. This is where it really gets – talk about adding insult to injury. This shoe, he somehow snuck um, a knife a knife into the courthouse with him from the jail. Okay? And this is sick. This is sick. A shank or a knife. This is very sick. And Mary's up there testifying. This guy lunged at Mary – Stuck the knife in her mouth, cut about a five or six inch gash along the side of her face, which required like 
35 or 50 stitches. In the know, courthouse in front of all the in, people. Correct. In, in the, the courthouse. And, and the lawyers, the prosecution, all the jury, everybody there that he's on trial for. It. He lunges at her and cuts her like that. And he's telling her while he's doing this that he's going to kill her, okay, and her daughter uh, when, he, when he gets released. All right, so you know, they did some psychological evaluations and uh he showed no signs of mental illness, mind you, okay? Interesting, I, interesting. I have my call, I have no mental illness here. And uh, when uh, when the trial ended, he was, you know, sentenced to 30 years to life on federal kidnapping charges and 40 years on a separate state murder charge, which is interesting too. I don't know what that murder charge is about. That's but, uh, the kid, the young kid. Oh, that that's, he beat to death with the you. with the metal rod. Sure. What am I beat thinking? Him to death. Oh, fine, that's mm-hmm. it. So um, he was he was eligible for parole in 2010, John. But uh, <laughs> of course, yeah, no, they can't let this guy out. You let this guy out, you're gonna have more bodies. Yeah, I'll tell you, he may go right back to her, but I'll tell you what, <laughs> this guy's gotten older, and and this guy's about dominance. He's about sex. He's about murder and power and control. This guy ever gets out of jail. You're gonna have bodies. I'll tell you that yeah. right now. I don't care how old he is. He's gonna because I've seen these guys, Leo, and the older they get, the worse they get. Well, is this not a case of the most extreme? I mean, not only uh, the stalking piece of this, because this is not your average stalker. This is stalker extraordinaire, but potential serial killer, like you said, or just plain murderer. Talk about lack of soul, lack of conscience, lack of anything. What is wrong with this man? And his mother even knew it. You know, and then probably had a lot of uh, hatred towards women, wouldn't you say? Don't they? Most of these guys, if their mother doesn't accept them, you know, they want to take out all that anger and frustration and rage on other women. Could that have well, been yeah, part of this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you just look at you just look at the mother going against the right in the beginning. You rarely see that where a mother will come out and say, you know, my son's no good. He has no feelings. He's like a dog. He doesn't care about anybody. Mothers don't normally talk, especially good mothers, do not normally talk about their children or there's sons like that, okay? Right. So right off the bat, you can see there's a break there. You can also see there's a, a break or an abandonment issue, even with the father dying. Yes, father didn't intentionally abandon him. The father abandoned him by de- through death. It was not an intentional abandoning situation. But yeah. yet you still have abandonment as, as well in the mix. Then you see this guy growing up with all this rage, but he has this lust. He has this real hypersexuality going on. He's, he's, he's very, very hypersexual and, and he's very focused on this woman. I mean, I, his picture, you're absolutely right, should be next to stalker in the dictionary because this, this guy here, I mean, he takes the cake 15 years. This guy was after this woman for 15 years. He's writing about her and everything. And I'll tell you something else he did, Leo. He wrote about her and he wrote his fantasies out in a book and everything. But when he had her and he had her tied to the furniture and he was torturing her and sexually abusing her, he was videoing her. Right. He also mm-hmm. videoed her, Leo. I mean, this, this guy's out of it. This guy, believe me, this, this guy goes way, way, way up on the scale of evil. Thank God. Yeah. 
that they got this guy because this guy doesn't stop here and there's no way he can let her live or the daughter live. He's got to kill at least one of them. If he wants to keep her captive, he's got to get rid of that daughter. He can't keep control over two people forever, you know. And eventually, eventually, he's going to get bored with this woman. He's going to get bored with Mary. Mm-hmm. And and just like he got and, bored with the fantasy, and he's going to eliminate her, and he's going to move on to somebody else. So that was sad. That right, that tolerance level would be up, 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 and he'd have yeah, to go and find right. more stimulation. Right. Exactly. Well, I'll tell you what. This, this Mary Stouffer and her daughter Elizabeth are heroes because man, they got themselves out of there and got this guy locked up. Yeah, fantastic. Know, but, um, yeah. But here they go. This guy, no psychosis from the evaluation report. But see, this again is where people in society would say that man has to be crazy. He has to be out of his mind. Mm-hmm. Well. He, that, that's one way of saying the guy is a, a, a monstrous evil, I don't even know what you want to call it, but he's not crazy. He is no. not crazy as crazy, you know, a schizophrenic is crazy or um, a bipolar disordered person is crazy. No, you know, this just, guy was a very, very organized stalker. Uh, he was a very, very organized kidnapper. And he was very organized in restraining his victims. This is this shows premeditation and organization. Correct. There's and nothing have, at all crazy about this guy. Right. You know, you don't have any of those things if somebody's crazy. But this is what I really do hope listeners and our society starts to learn. You know, the difference between evil and truly mentally ill. Okay. Cause it's really important. If we go in and sit in a jury, it's easy to believe this guy was nuts, you know, and we can get the experts, the paid experts, the hired hands to come in and say, Oh, I did an evaluation. He's schizophrenic, temporary insanity. Come on. 15 years. How temporary is temporary? This guy had a, this is not a mental illness. And know. what happens is it's very hard for us, you know, and for the, public at large to wrap their heads around that somebody can get pure sexual gratification from stalking and from kidnapping and from putting someone into bondage and having power and control and then even eventually murdering them. But people do get Gratification. There are certain people out there whose brains are wired a certain way that are not insane that get a lot of pleasure from seeing other people suffering in torment and being fearful um, because they're being tortured. Right. We know that. We know that. But you're right. It's hard for, for the for uh, regular people to wrap their minds around that and to understand what really goes on in in the heads of these people and um you know what does it all mean and but we we got to be careful out there and uh, if anybody's interested there's a uh, the National Center for Victims of Crime has a lot of information on stalkers that's the National Center for Victims of Crime I'm sure they have a website and um, there's plenty of information on there on how to protect protect yourself and know some signals. But um, this is another case, John. I mean, they just keep coming in. I, like you said, I don't know why this has been out of the news for such a long time. Um, or and not at all. It's very. Yeah, I didn't know. That yeah. was a great find. Great mm-hmm. find on your part. I would never known about this guy. And, uh, 
you know, just looking at him and just looking at the uh, different warning signs and his risk factors, I mean, uh, this this is a case that uh, definitely should be out there in uh, in uh, various colleges and should be uh, studied forensically because yeah. there's uh, as we would say, it's clinically rich. Clinically rich is right. And um, very um, big on for human interest of people that are interested in this type of thinking. And um, But you're right. It should be certainly put under a magnifying glass and dissected clinically to see if we can learn anything. You know, you know Leo, the other thing, too, people understand fetishes. Like, we know people get sexually aroused with uh, certain people get sexually aroused with a foot fetish, okay? It's very sexually arousing for Mm -hmm. them, right? Well, if somebody's wired a certain way, why couldn't they get sexual gratification uh, out of seeing somebody suffering and being tortured like uh, these lust killers do? So the point I'm trying to make is, as hard as it is for us to wrap our heads around it, the bottom line is that's the way this guy was wired. You know, that the stimulation, like you said, of the stalk, the hunt, the abduction, you know, the torturing. Let's see if we can ever find out these answers, John. It might be a topic for another show, but it looks like we're out of time again. Boy, it goes fast. But uh, well, thanks for for listening to Crime. Yeah, again. thank you so much for tuning in. Please visit our website at uh, crimeandreason.com. That's crimeandreason.com. And we'll see you next Wednesday night, same time. Take care, everybody. Be safe. Be safe.